0: what's up guys it's time for another theme park and loopy news update and let me tell you what a show we have we have got the wonderful brett we have got the wonderful ryan and we've got the wonderful mikey from scare track joining us talking about all things theme park you might have noticed recently that poor old ryan he hasn't been around doing much well (laughs) let's be honest any hosting uh so he went and gave it up to uh brett and myself to host this episode will he come back at some point let's hope so in fact oh news just in ryan's decided to turn up and actually do some work we can't believe it honestly it was one for the books he is here oh my goodness ladies and gents get 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 the cookies ready it's ryan ryan you're back and you're doing some hosting this is what's going on
1: i'm back yeah i'm gonna be doing a little bit of hosting how about that you know, i can i can host sometimes you know it depends how i'm feeling sometimes like i say i just like to do a crossword puzzle or sometimes i like to uh, watch some videos from uh, natasha's kitchen so uh, <laughs> it just depends uh how i'm feeling um all right so in the news today we've got a bit of news from drayton manor drayton manor are potentially becoming a more family park with some rumours that Apocalypse is up for sale and potentially some other rides. We also have the news, of course, that parks are going to reopen from April the 12th, and we have some other news as well that we're going to go through. So, joining us today, like you say, we've got Coaster Sam from Coaster Sam Blog, we've got Brett from Theme Parks by Brett, and of course we have Mikey from ScareTrack. So, Mikey, how are you doing? Um, I'm very well,
0: thank you. How are you guys? All very good, thank you. Good, good,
2: good. Yeah, yeah, Um, very
0: good. Can't complain here. Just happy that Ryan's decided to show up and actually do something this week.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I I was going to watch all those Natasha's kitchens videos. (laughs) uh, (laughs) What a
0: sponsor she's getting on today's show, I must say.
1: (laughs) Just a bit of context. Before we did this recording, uh, Sam decided to scroll through some Natasha's kitchens videos, which we were listening to. So that's what he does during the podcast. So there you go. Listen,
0: Natasha is the number one for creamy stunning sources okay um mike (laughs) mikey (laughs) um before we kick off mikey just tell us a
1: little bit about yourself and where people can find you
2: yep sure thing so yeah my name is mikey i'm one of the lead hosts of scare track the uk's first podcast dedicated to the scare attraction and haunted house industry we bring listeners in depth reviews with some of the biggest names in the uk scare scene discussion and debate episodes as well as on location review episodes from screen parks zombie chases immersive theater and much more uh one yes i was reading that from my website and two i did only do that so i had a really good intro like sam did on my episode
1: yeah, um, Sam, uh, just got to level with you. I actually asked Mikey to come with a really <laughs> slick intro
0: <laughs> to see how jealous you were going to be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how was it? Was it okay? Well, it
0: was actually awesome fantastic. It was. I was thinking, bloody hell, he's pulling this out of the bag. Look at him coming <laughs> coming in guns a-blazing. Fantastic. What an intro. I off to you.
3: I literally thought I was like, "Wow does he does he do this a lot on his own podcast? Because he's got that nailed." In fairness, wow, it's as in if the, he's reading it.
2: This sort of like little about me section on 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 the on the podcast. I literally put that on the podcast, uh, on the website, on the scare cam, on, like, I literally copy and paste that wording for my banner, for my logo, literally all the time. <laughs> that I can literally, I'm not even looking at it now. And I could probably near enough say the exact same thing again and again and again it's just selfless selfless plugging really um i have no shame so yeah got it to a t now
0: Uh, it sounds fantastic honestly hats off to you fantastic it was Thanks. fantastic cheers <laughs> but yeah uh, we run a podcast basically
2: uh mainly about scare attractions haunted houses uh, that kind of stuff we obviously love uh halloween and uh theme parks screen parks that sort of stuff we we love talking theme parks with our sister channel coaster track um but yeah we are we're, we're the people that if you want to find out all about scare attractions and haunted houses and whatnot um listen to our podcast or check out our youtube channel
1: yeah, brilliant. And also, you can find uh, us on one of the scare track episodes as well. Although it does sound like I was broadcasting from a bin, because I was <laughs> uh, I had to wear my um, my iPhone earphones because the dog decided to chew through all my wires. Um,
2: so you'll have to forgive me for that. It's okay, a bit so like so your uh, dog eating your homework, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dog ate my homework, and he and he <laughs> uh, ate all my wires, so I couldn't podcast properly. Unfortunately. <laughs> Okay, so let's kick off with the first news item then. So Drayton Manor, nothing's been announced officially. Um, However, we've seen some listings potentially for Apocalypse and potentially some other rides. It seems to suggest that Drayton Manor may be going down the same route as Lightwater Valley and becoming a much more family-focused park. So, Sam, what do you think about that news? Do you think it's the right direction for the park?
0: Um, So this is where it gets a bit difficult with Drayton because obviously their market has changed so much in the most recent years with obviously thomas land being such a popular part of that park and actually from speaking to a lot of the staff in the summer there they were saying that is that is pretty much primarily the main draw is younger families going to that park but like we know with all family parks and family offerings you've got to have a balance because a lot of the times you know families are going to have a mix of age ranges perhaps involved and so you've got to have something for everyone and i think up until that point and up until, you know, re- recently, obviously before the news, Drayton Manor had just that. You know, it had, uh, you know, coasters or a coaster. Uh, it had, you know, a couple of thrill rides in it. had obviously their dark ride, shooter rides. Um, their kind of more d- uh, dark ride, I think the haunting as well was, was there as well. Um, as well as their Thomas Land and all of their much younger based uh, attractions. Now the danger with Apocalypse going, first of all, what an incredible drop tower that is and how lucky we are or we were to have that in the UK it's a very intense drop tower it adds variety between ride to ride depending on obviously which tower you choose to go on and it's just it was a really really good ride I have to say that was probably one of my favorites when I visited in the summer for the first time that was one of my favorites of the park now with Drayton taking that away um yeah they could be moving towards a more family market but they're dangerous here if they start taking away one thrill ride how long is it going to be until they start taking away perhaps more of the thrill rides and if they start doing that and start changing the park to a sole family park with nothing with a bit more of an edge, then I feel like they're really going to shrink their potential audience market. Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not a Drayton Manor expert. As I say, I only visited the park uh, this summer, but you know, I have I do work in the theme park industry, and so and so I feel like um, when I visited the park, I thought there was a wonderful balance actually. Of, of offerings and I feel like they shouldn't now is not really the time to shrink that. But having said that they probably got their reasons and their rhymes. So um it's just an interesting decision and one that I certainly didn't see coming. Um especially with now parks opening back up after the difficult difficulty that we've all had in the last year. Uh we all wanted you know you would think they'd want to capitalise on, on what they have and not get rid of stuff. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Um, but Brett, what do you what do you think? Because you know, you're you, you, you. I'm sure you've done Drayton Manor, right? And you've you've. Uh, I mean, you're quite well versed with um, Drayton Manor. So <laughs> I pause there. it was I a long. I yeah. thought you
3: were going to say something really like gripping. I was like, whoa, what's he going to well, say? Well, I was
0: trying to think of like Interman, but um, I then, as I said that, I was thinking in my head. I don't actually know if you're an Interman geek or not. I'm sure you are, um, but I wasn't sure.
3: I'm I'm one of those people that know all those random facts and can't remember why they know them or even where they learnt them from. Uh this, for instance, if I'm right, um someone correct me if I'm wrong, uh Apocalypse is fifty-three meters tall. Um and the only reason that we think that, that um this for sale advert for the, the Intermin Drop Tower is because it states that uh it's a UK um, it's in UK residence wherever this ride is, and it's also 50 or 59 meters tall, if I think off the top of my head. Um, and, uh, it shows photos of, uh, other intermittent rides from around the world. It might have like a six Flags park one or something like that there. Um, but it doesn't show directly any apocalypse photos. Uh, so we're not a hundred percent confirmed. Uh, however, obviously they removed G force, uh, last year or the year before, um, so are they are they going to maybe just dial back those those kind of larger rides which leads me to think that the largest or or the icon kind of ride of the park is is shockwave and are we going to see the the only stand-up coaster in europe disappear eventually which would be really sad
0: do you know one idea i just had now really quickly is do you think actually that's a very good point you made with them taking if they did take away the icon attraction which has obviously been the head of their logo do you reckon the whole park is going to look at doing like a complete um shift and rebrand entirely with thomas land being the main focus and then maybe they could be looking at the the, idea the 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 symbolism behind thomas becoming the main icon of the park and that being the main draw perhaps
1: i think that's very possible because they they do often do adverts just literally for thomas land don't they sometimes and uh, they sometimes do this don't the parks say or come to nickelodeon land or come to thomas land and they they almost don't mention the other park that it's actually based at sometimes so that's very possible the weird thing is with uh, thomas a tank engine i'd imagine even though it is very popular and it's known worldwide, I don't I don't think it would be the most expensive IP to have in place, potentially. So I think it's definitely really good business for Drayton Manor and I wouldn't be surprised to see much further expansion because they've done a really good job with it. Mikey, are you a fan of Drayton Manor as it stands at the moment? Do you think they could thrive um, in, in the family market or do you think they're making the wrong decision?
2: I think that they've inadvertently made the wrong decisions for a little while unfortunately whether or not that's been i mean it's a family-run park it's not a huge corporate park so obviously uh cash flow and money is going to be slightly different but i i love thomas land i think it's absolutely great i think it's perfect for what it is but the age range of thomas it you know it, it stops when you start going to school or maybe halfway through primary school sort of thing um and i think that if they if you look at the rest of the park slowly sort of it looks like it's just sort of dying bit by bit you know i mean this is going to be going back quite a few years now but um the pirate adventure ride one of the best indoor sort of boat rides in the uk gone never replaced jungle cruise was changed to excalibur excalibur gone um and these are great uh, family rides um and and they've just gone and not really been replaced over time even the, the klondike um roller coaster although it had a loop it was sort of it wasn't as huge as uh you know shockwave or g-force was i think the fact that they've not only lost those sort of good attractions over the years and only really focused on um Thomas Land, of course they did have ben 10 which is now accelerator so they've lost the ip for that but it just seems to me that they are just losing the rest of the park which i don't know if that makes sense when for so many years i mean it's my it's my wife's home park um they've had families uh older uh, you know uh, teenagers they've had younger adults that they, they've had something for everyone especially when i could go there and go on g-force pandemonium uh you know um you could go on the rapids again another ride that unfortunately isn't their family ride um I, I just feel like they're putting too many eggs in one basket because they've seen it done well like at portons park and whatnot um so yeah i'm a little bit concerned for them really i don't know if this could be a final nail in the coffin but i'm sorry to be so uh so negative on the matter
3: <laughs> we've spoken about apocalypse leaving uh potentially uh but what we actually do have confirmation of 100% is that pandemonium the uh fabri group i believe it's fabri group I think so, kind of yeah. swing ride that that goes upside down you have a full cage come over the front of you uh, actually, brilliant ride. To be fair, love it. That is actually officially up for sale. We know that for sure.
2: They've had they've had issues with that for a long time as well, though, haven't they? Like I, I remember, it was quite often closed because they're waiting for a park it, uh, for a park for it. Um, so I think that they're, they're probably getting rid of that just because it's too much effort and more expensive than it's worth. Maybe
3: I think it is a fairly old model of whatever type of ride that is. So maybe that is part of the reason they they're just willing to get rid of that. It's uh, its maintenance costs have just become more than it's worth, really. And I and I do wonder if that that that's al- also the part of you know these they see Thomas Land being packed out, and then they're spending all this money on maintenance for these rides that you know maybe don't even have massive queues anymore.
1: Yeah, they they definitely need to be careful, don't they? Because they have kind of they've flip flopped a little bit between strategies, I think, because. At one point, they were investing in, in frill, big thrill rides, you know, like G-Force, and obviously we've got Stormforce 10. Um, we have Shockwave, for example. And then they, they've invested in things like uh, Ben 10, and they've invested in Thomas Land. But then at the same time, like you say, they've removed rides like the Excalibur ride, which would have been a perfect uh, family ride. So in a way, they've, they've, re- they've replaced some family rides with, more thrill rides but then now they're taking out thrill rides for more family rides and kind of flip-flop between the strategies a little bit so it just kind of puts them in a little bit of a precarious position whereas with Lightwater Valley we've just seen a a constant decline, you know, from the the thrill market. I, I don't think Lightwater Valley have really been in the thrill market, and you know, since the nineties. Whereas Drayton Manor, I'd say even ten years ago, um, it would have been a, a top destination for thrill seekers. So, it's a bit of a shame, but I guess you know, let's see how it pans out.
0: Well, also, the the IPs there don't seem to stand, perhaps as long as they were initially planned to I, I don't i again i don't have any experience with working with ips necessarily and, and how the licensing deals work but um it didn't wasn't the ben 10 ride uh I, well went in, in the summer that was obviously changed to a kind of like a, a an original in-house story and one of our original uh, concepts but so i presume they must have lost the licensing deal of ben 10 with cartoon network or or is it cartoon network or is it Yes.
1: So the the original idea was that there was going to be like a Cartoon Network kind of village. So oh, really? you come yeah. So you come through the entrance, and then you have um you know you have you pretty much have apocalypse there to your left straight away. Just past apocalypse, the idea was to have a whole Cartoon Network area, um, and I think potentially maybe the haunting would have been part of that. Um, but I think very quickly after opening of Ben 10 they decided not to do that and I think that might have been around the time that's when they renovated The Haunting just into a non-IP ride so I don't think it really panned out how they expected it so unfortunately we never saw that that cartoon
0: network village or or whatever it would have been potentially. So does that mean that if they are planning to expand Thomas Land and obviously it's, it's worked for the IP so far but I don't know. It doesn't doesn't perhaps give you the best hope that they would be able to sustain uh, the Thomas Land IP and and bring that expansion in if they if they had these kind of original big plans and you know did almost almost kind of did sort of ten percent of it by opening Ben Ten and then the rest of it didn't follow through. I don't know. It's I really feel sorry for Drayton actually um, as a park because. I always feel like they're looking to do the best they can and looking to advertise. They're always putting out like, deals out and offers out and trying to get, get crowds in. And like I said, when I went in the summer, it was a great experience. It was fantastic. But even then, the park was so quiet. I mean, practically everything was walk-on. And it must be difficult for them, you know, to get crowds in. Obviously, they're in a bit of a, a bit of a... bit of a hard spot because Alton Towers is essentially just up the road not very far and okay they're quite near London and Birmingham which is good but you know it it must be a constant challenge to try and compete with that and as a family park as we've as you mentioned Mikey you know a family park is obviously totally different from a, a corporate organization and it it just must be so hard for them really it must be. Definitely, so we'll keep an eye on that and we'll see how that pans out, but
1: obviously we wish all the best luck to Drayton Manor and hope that whatever they do, it's a a big success. So the, the next news item is of course that the parks are hopefully going to be reopening from April the 12th, so are we all excited about that and do we think parks will open fully? I think it's already been confirmed that indoor restaurants and hotels won't be open, but other than that do we think parks will be pretty much the same or do you think they'll be very different on april the 12th
3: i think the parks will be the same as as we saw them after lockdown last year um they'll be you know still limited uh capacity uh however uh, your first question was am i excited and the answer is no i live in wales
2: <laughs> i think i think it's going to be like like brett said pretty similar to when we b- went back last year after the first lockdown and then again um oh no the second lockdown was before christmas wasn't it so uh yeah we we went obviously there was different levels of what they could do so i know that uh, the indoor rides didn't open straight away or the you know the dungeons at towers didn't open straight away um and, of course, uh, this time, you know, you're know, you not allowed to eat inside a, a restaurant or pub, so places like Woodcutters will be closed and it'll only be uh, outside. I'm, the only thing I'm, I'm guessing that the park may potentially do is just sort out more outdoor seating undercover, um, whether that be temporary or something more permanent they might have done over the seat- closed season, I don't know. But, um, yeah, otherwise... Y- You know, I think UK theme parks, near enough, all of them have terrible kind of food options anyway, compared to, uh, you know, parks around the world. So I think that limited, those limited options anyway are only going to be slightly more limited if they don't really think about that for the new season, at least for the first few months until uh, hopefully, you know, June 21st restriction ish free.
0: Do you know what I think could be a really good idea? And actually, you, you struck on a really good point there uh mikey um is an out uh, almost like a temporary food court area but you could theme it to like a kind of a a food festival kind of like not necessarily like food and wine where you have to go around the entire park to find the different vans or points but if you just had a section of the park which was entirely kind of outside food area and a, and a space um, where you had different vendors, or perhaps in-house Merlin, you know, vendors or carts or whatever, and then you kind of filled that area with you set up with you know, um, as you say, kind of covered seating with heat lamps and stuff for when it if it gets cold. Because I think that was definitely something that I noticed towards the end of the season last year, especially in some of the winter events, um, was that seating arrangements and um, the options of. Being able to sit somewhere that was warm and undercover uh, was quite limiting. So, and limited. So, I think that could be definitely something parks can look to do in the, uh, moving forward, um, is to sort of offer up some sort of heated, warm seating area that's also outside within the within the COVID rules and everything. Um, but that could also be like a central foods area, especially as if restaurants aren't going to open up. Um as you say that's gonna limit offerings even more, so I don't know, that's just a thought. You mean
1: uh, somewhere like the hub, the much derided hub at Blackpool Pleasure. You didn't believe in the hub, Sam, and now the hub is potentially <laughs> gonna be your saviour. The hub Maybe.
3: destroyed one of the best roller coasters in the UK, potentially Europe. So let's just let's just leave that there, <laughs> shall we? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh
0: Brett, honestly I can't
2: it's been 4 years, it. man. It's been 4 years, dude. I was just and about I to get over cry. it. I
3: still cry. I still cry about it. It's so upsetting. And they <laughs> replaced it with a burger van. <laughs> and some and some fake grass. It, it's yeah. uh it's pretty Very sad.
0: Is that where the dancing fountain is?
1: So that you know Next where we it, say, yeah. Yeah, it's just opposite where the dance, the, the hub wasn't open when we went. But the way you know where the dancing fountain is, and you know where we sat, and you watched the fountain, and you were watching the fountain going, Oh my god, oh my god, the fountain show. Oh, and you I
0: you, the you, you show. were
1: into it. I, do you know what? I had more <laughs> fun watching you getting into the fountain show than watching the fountain show. It's just Sam there going, Oh my god, oh Amanda, my god.
3: <laughs> Amanda Thompson is listening to this and has just shed a single tear knowing uh... knowing that that finally the fountains were worth
0: it <laughs> i like the fountain show i thought it added you know something different and totally unique and it would be even cooler i don't know if they light up at night we weren't there at nighttime, time so i didn't know yeah i
1: think about. they do have lights in but i don't think i don't think the multicoloured lights i think they're just like a
0: normal light. Uh, what but, a shame um... i mean come on surely you could do a little world of color a very small world of colour well but, you know. well, Sam,
1: next time you come to Bradford, I'm going to show you uh, one of the best fountains that you've ever seen, <laughs> because one thing we do have in Bradford is one of Europe's largest outdoor fountain attractions for some reason <laughs> so, do you really? Uh, yeah, I actually filmed the opening night and we had like acrobats and we had like a, a oh, show and we had cool. fireworks and it was amazing, it what's was it really called? Amazing. I never knew this. Didn't even it's know one called, existed. Yeah, it's called Bradford City Park. <laughs> if you, if you, if you, if you Google it Fantastic. now, just move away from the Na- Natasha's Kitchen videos and just Google
0: <laughs> City Park I'm not. on Bradford. Natasha's Kitchen as we speak, but I will have a look at this Bradford City. They could have called it something nicer than Bradford City Park. You know, it doesn't sound very Why sort not? of. You know the magical lights of Bradford City. But Bradford City Park. Come on down, grab your burger and your kebab and sit and watch the fountain show. No,
1: no, actually, more accurately, in City Park, you'll find one of the North's finest weather spoons. So you can oh, well, uh, get so yourself much. a cider from Spoons and uh, watch the fountains go by. You get know, yourself that's, a uh...
0: jug of wee-wee uh, and <laughs> show me where your mama lives. <laughs> I've you noticed that this show is that.
2: just full of accents. Every time I've spoke to you guys, there's just accents flying everywhere.
1: Yeah, it's just Sammy likes to do accents of Northern people, basically. <laughs> yeah, Ryan always
3: puts on like Ryan loves doing his Yorkshire accent quite a lot. I th- I found that's quite a good one.
1: Yeah, I'm always doing my Yorkshire accent. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, why, don't know why
3: you do it. It's obsessive, if anything.
1: But to be fair, Brett, you tend to not to do your Welsh accent,
0: so. Yeah. I don't.
1: No, I never do it. No. Yeah, no. No. Anyway, okay. So uh, right, moving can I on to the... say,
0: sorry, when we Go do. On. Uh, another uh, this can be off topic but when we do another news episode and uh, isn't isn't there a wales day i can't when it is march april no it was the, it was this it, it, it was, was yesterday and a wales day a wales <laughs> day
3: it's
0: uh, i'm sure there's like a wales it's saint, independence it's day saint,
3: no it's saint david's day you one. know, like Saint George's Day and Saint Patrick's Day.
0: Yeah, it's, but it's, it's just
3: the, that, but it's the dragon. But David. But it's a
0: dragon. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know sure. I was gonna say, we should have done a St David's Day episode and we should have done a news and you have to talk entirely in your Welsh accent and do like Welsh attraction news or You're... like Welsh fun things to do in Wales. This is my Welsh accent. <laughs> I oh. am Welsh.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I was
0: thinking... I think it was going to sound like you're from Barry Island or something. Cool. Anyway, so,
1: yeah, next time there's uh, Wales Day, then uh, we'll have to be sure to do something. Um, Okay, so moving on to the final piece of news, and this was just out today in the paper, was that apparently Robbie Williams was considering buying the Pleasure Beach. But um, I think it was swiftly confirmed not to be true before you start worrying. Um, However... You know, it was a bit of interesting uh, PR, I think, and I think any news, uh, you know, pu- any publicity is good publicity. But you know, thinking about it, if Robbie Williams owned the Pleasure Beach, you know, what what he could rename the rides to be, you know, along the lines of his songs, maybe. I don't know. What do we think? Do you think that's something he, he might do potentially?
3: Oh dear. Um. So I actually uh, read into this a little bit. When I say I read into it a little bit. I read more than one article headline. That was about as far as I went on this. Uh, but it actually turns out uh, that he brought this up on a podcast. This this became a thing that was heard on Alan... Alan uh, is it Alan Carr?
1: Alan Carr's podcast. Yeah, um,
3: yeah. Alan Carr's podcast. And he uh, was talking about how he used to go uh, to Rill, which is in North Wales. Uh, Sam, just in case you weren't sure. Um it's <laughs> uh, what's real exactly yeah it's a little seaside town uh it's basically blackpool um but it's about a quarter of it and there's nothing in it
1: i think real is blackpool if the pleasure beach had closed down and they just hadn't invested in it for a number of years because Real used to be. Uh, I've got family in Real actually, and Real used to be a really popular tourist destination. But I went, I went, uh, I actually stayed in Real um, oh about five years ago. <laughs> I stayed at a hotel. I think it was called the Westminster Hotel.
0: Ooh,
1: yeah, um, it wasn't too bad, and it was on the seafront. But unfortunately, it's just, even from when I used to go as a child, it's just a shadow of it for myself. Because they used to have the fun park at the end and we had the, I can't remember what the ride were called. It were called like the roller cola or something. It actually
3: was called the Pepsi Cola. It was oh, a pin <laughs> looping coaster.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, and they actually had um an old wooden um water chute a lot like vikinga as well that was at the pleasure beach Mm -hmm. so they had some really interesting rides so unfortunately (laughs) it's not as great as it used to be now i would suggest heading on to land which is a little bit more upmarket i'd say
3: yeah so he was talking about going to rail as a kid similar and, and and how he used to love camping out there and things. Uh, and that's, I think, what spurred on this conversation. That that apparently, at some point in time, he'd been offered to buy the park off the Thompson family, uh, and he considered it. However, Blackpool's response—they they responded kind of very tongue in cheek. I think they tried to get some. I quote me if I'm wrong. Is uh, are they song titles or something? So it says uh, Blackpool Pleasure Beach was wholly owned. Or which is wholly owned by the Thompson family, has no regrets that Robbie Williams may have misunderstood that something beautiful like Blackpool Ple- like Blackpool Pleasure Beach is available to
1: buy. Um, yeah, and I, I actually think it went over a lot of people's heads, actually. It's, it's going over comments. my head
3: right now. <laughs> with a view beyond the sea from... Oh, actually, Beyond the Sea, I got that somewhere. Beyond the Sea. Oh, okay, I got that one. That's all I got.
1: Yeah, No Regrets. That's No Regrets. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't
3: remember that one. What What about Something Beautiful?
1: Um, It's Something Beautiful. You know that one?
3: Yeah, and misunderstood. Yeah. What's that one from?
1: Mm, no, I don't know. That might be one that I don't know of.
3: They are
2: really, I did really, not do really... my research for this episode. No, the...
1: <laughs> Come on, Mike. no, but this, but yeah. So this just turned out to be um, a, a little bit of uh, fake news, as Amanda Thompson put it. But you know, um, it just shows that um, you know there's there's a lot of interest in Blackpool, and uh, I think. Even, I think Blackpool's been on the up for a, a good number of years now. Uh, but I think still, you know, it needs more investment and uh, we'd definitely like to see more entertainment there. So um, perhaps Robbie Williams could um, maybe entertain us on the big one. I don't know. Maybe something like that. Anyway, I think that brings us to the end of the news today. So thanks for joining us. And that is the Theme Park Loopy News.